You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the fifth Sunday of Lent, March 29th, 2020, by the Reverend Max Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he who loves you is is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, Though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the religious authorities were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world, but those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. 
They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. Jesus, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus saw her weeping. The Jews who came with her also weeping. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave. The stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I had a dream the other morning. These early morning dreams are usually the only ones I remember, so I do remember this one. And in my dream, I was talking to my dad. Now, dad died in 1993, so it certainly was a dream. And I heard myself saying, Dad, what was it like? What was it like? My dad was born in January 1913, so he would have been six or seven when the Spanish flu pandemic ravaged the world, killing at least 50 million people. In the U.S. alone, 28 million people were affected and over 500,000 died. We've all seen the pictures. Hospital wards packed, people in the streets wearing masks. Social distancing wasn't being practiced nearly as rigorously as I hope we were all doing in practicing our physical distancing. Now my dad never did answer my question, but I'm sure it shaped his character in some way as world historical events do. You know, I was looking for some connection. I was looking for some wisdom from my dad. And I know he had some. I mean, my dad actually had plenty of it. But I'll have to wait until he and I are back together in God's nearer presence to find out what he learned from that particular event. So in this present world historical moment, Zani and I are encouraging our two oldest grandchildren who are 10 and 8 to write down something every day, even if it's just a paragraph, about how their day's going, what's been on their minds and what's been on their hearts. Our hope is that they'll be able to look back and remember and then pass their memory and their learnings and their wisdom onto their children and their grandchildren. 
So that brings me back to my dad and the conversation I wanted to have with him. Some of the wisdom I wanted my dad to share with me had to do with grief. Grief and loss. My dad was acquainted with grief and loss. Buried two children, my brother and my sister. During World War II in France, he was called to claim the body of his youngest brother, Shun, a first lieutenant who was killed in the Battle of the Bulge. My dad buried much-loved nieces and nephews, children tragically killed in an accident, and he buried another brother and a sister. I wanted my dad to tell me something about grief, because let's be honest, I and most of us are experiencing grief and loss right now. Let's continue to be honest. For many of us, this may just be the beginning. In fact, Tani and I lost a much-loved friend yesterday in New Orleans, a priest who's been a friend of ours for 40 years, a very important figure in our lives, and it's hit hard. So we need to be honest. Now, of course, each of our stories are different. Each story is unique as the human being living it. And for some of us, maybe most of us, there are going to be questions like this. Why is this happening to me? When will it end? Where is God in all of this? I'll admit I've been asking those questions. And it seems I'm not the only one. We hear this morning this warning from the prophet Ezekiel, who's speaking to a community in exile, a community who's been defeated and removed from their homeland to Babylon. And he imagines that on exile in Babylon, that Israel is lifeless, windswept, eerie, a valley of dry bones. Does it look familiar? And the prophet says, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And Israel replies, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Israel felt helpless and lost. And of course, hopeless and lost is exactly how Martha and Mary felt when their brother Lazarus died. When Lazarus got sick, Mary sent word to her friend Jesus asking for help. But even though he loved Martha and Mary, we're told, he delayed coming to them. And when he finally showed up, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And then Martha and Mary each say the same thing to him. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And their questions are asked as tears of grief and loss and hopelessness are flowing. Their grief troubles Jesus and we're told that he was greatly disturbed in spirit and greatly moved. And then, what in some translations becomes the shortest sentence in the whole Bible, we're told Jesus wept. That's right, Jesus wept. Think about that for a minute. In the midst of their overwhelming sadness, their loss, their pain and suffering, in the midst of their frustration with Jesus for not doing something, in the midst of every predictable human emotion, in times of tragedy and death and disruption in our lives, we are told Jesus wept. You see how important this is? 
In the shortest sentence in the Bible, we learn something of the most profound cosmic significance. We learn that God suffers. We learn that God grieves. We learn that God suffers when we suffer. That God weeps when we weep. We learn that we never suffer alone. In times of mourning and grief and loss, what we most long for is to be known in our grief. When grief feels as if it's overwhelming, when we feel as if we can no longer stand it alone, what we long for is to have someone or many someones hold our grief with us. And now we know that God holds our grief with us. God holds our anger and our frustration with us too. Where were you, God? If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. God, if only you had been here, fill in the blank. In my imagination, I see Martha or Mary beating their fists against Jesus' chest. Where were you? And Jesus holding her tenderly, lovingly, with great strength. We. God in Christ holds all our grief. God in Christ holds our anger and our frustration and our doubting and our questioning that are so often a part of grief. God in Christ is big enough to hold it all and to weep with us as we weep. Now, if that were the end of the story, we might say to ourselves how grateful we are that the creator of all that was and is and ever will be is joining us in our losses. After all, there's nothing like a good friend who can be in complete and total empathy with our suffering. Yet if that were all there was to it, nothing would be changed. But that's not the end of the story. There's more. Jesus, still greatly disturbed in spirit, comes to the tomb, calls for the stone at the mouth of the tomb to be rolled away, and then says in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Lo and behold, he does, blinking in the sunlight and stinking to high hell. Lazarus comes out. This is the last of the seven miracles or signs, as John puts it in John's Gospel. These signs are meant to show the way that God works in the world. And the story of the raising of Lazarus points us forward to another very short sentence that we're going to hear two Sundays from now. He is risen. He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. You see, the story of the raising of Lazarus points us forward to another story. Another story of tragedy and grief and mourning and loss. And like the story of Lazarus, it's a story that ends with life. An ending with cosmic significance. An ending that tells us clearly and unmistakably that God enters our suffering with us. God holds our suffering. God hears our suffering. And in the end, God takes our suffering and redeems it, brings it new life. It's as if our tears and Christ's tears water the earth that brings forth new life. 
And so, my dear sisters and brothers, we're called to stand with each other. We're called to be Christ for each other. Just as we welcome Christ into our own hearts in the midst of our own grief and loss. Our hope, our faith, is that out of all of this suffering and loss and frustration and grief and fear, that eventually, in God's good time, new life will emerge. The Book of Common Prayer says in the burial liturgy, life is changed, not ended. And God is in the midst of it all. So let those two short sentences from the Bible feed you and all those you love today, tomorrow, in the weeks and months and years to come. Jesus wept. And he is risen. He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.